walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. It's the hardest. Walk around and disregard it. Should you walk around, show you what heart is. Standing strong and proud of me, and I can't. Let's get started. Yeah, get your boots ready. We're about to go on a trip where we wrestle nobody, settling or calling it quits. You're here for the grit, betcha this stuff is amazing. You're stumbling, welcome to the bump in the apron. Step into it, the hardest part of the ring. Here to bring fun, yeah, and this art is king. It's the best thing, making sure you don't tap out. Don't go soft with the hardest part cast out. And it's not just another one, it's clear. Off the rest, in this content, none can test. Take the nonsense off the steps. You know it's nothing but Pure gems when it's coming off the chest. Get it? Now it's time to sit and relax. Get your mind blown away. Ain't no skipping this track. Have you paid more attention? No listening gap. Get everything I ever wanted. No giving it back. Yeah. What's up, everybody? Hardest part of the ring is inside you once. <laughs> is here. Again, to be a host of a podcast you listen to, I guess. Not inside you. This that's not what I don't know why I don't even know why I thought to say that, honestly. But here here I am. Hello. Uh <laughs> Is this my worst intro ever? I think so. But it makes sense for uh, you know considering the show we are covering today. WCW Starcade nineteen ninety-four. And you, if you're a WCW fan, you might be like, well, Starcade? What do you mean that's a bad show? It's their, it's their Super Bowl. It's their, it's their WrestleMania. And it is. You're not wrong. In fact, not only is this the last show of 1994 for WCW, it's the last show of 1994 for this entire series that I'm doing. Wrestling Wars of the 90s, the last 1994 show. And if you're a new listener, that consists of WWF, ECW, and WCW. Three different promotions with three different visions. At least going forward, they would begin to have different visions. And I cover all of those shows chronologically. And over the course of this podcast, you know, we've seen Bret Hart become a huge star, become the face of the WWF. We just saw Diesel. We're just at the beginning of his run as a huge name in wrestling. ECW just started their new voyage in extreme championship wrestling, being a true alternative for wrestling fans and lighting a cult following in years to come for the rest of the decade, really. We saw all of that. We saw promotions make names for themselves. We've, we've seen stars be, be born. We've seen incredible main events. We've seen huge, huge spectacles. We've seen Hulk Hogan jump ships to WCW. Huge, earth-shattering in the, in the context of professional wrestling. All of this stuff. And it all culminates here and now. And that gives us Brutus Beefcake. Brutus the fucking barber beefcake in the main event of the last, the biggest show 
1994. Hulk Hogan versus The Butcher. <clears throat> Fuck this. <laughs> and that's, man, that is just the tip, the tippity tippity top of this girthy ass iceberg. Because, man, I mean, let's just lay the foundation of where WCW is right now. You know, Hogan's there. We all understand that. If you've listened to my previous WCW episodes, me and my guests get real, get a lot into Hogan and what it was like for him jumping from WWF to WCW. But here in December of 94, he's firmly implanted in, in the, the identity of WCW. He... Basically forced Ric Flair into retirement at the last pay-per-view, Halloween Havoc, by beating him in a steel cage. But then this prompted a new faction to be born. No, not the Dungeon of Doom. The shitty version of it. <laughs> the Three Faces of Fear, a faction comprised of Kevin Sullivan, The Butcher, a.k.a. Brutus Beefcake, and Avalanche a.k.a. Earthquake. Quite a cast of characters. Am I right or am I wrong, gang? <laughs> but why do I bring them up? Well, this whole show is it pretty much revolves around them. I mean, we see each of these guys several times throughout the course of the show, and we'll get into that in the episode. But the three main events are basically those three guys facing the other side of the coin, the baby faces, if you will. So we have Avalanche versus Sting. We have... Hulk Hogan versus The Butcher, as I mentioned earlier. We have fucking Kevin Sullivan versus Mr. T. No, no, not Booker T. The fucking I pity a fool guy. A-Team, Mr. T. Rocky 3, Mr. T. Is it 3? Yeah, it was 3. Rocky 3, Mr. T. That guy is in a, one of the co-main events of this show. But then outside of that, you got... Fuck, man. You got Vader there. Vader was actually awesome on this show. One of, the, one of the few high marks of this show is Vader. You also got Honky Tonk Man getting fired right before the show started. Great, great story that we'll get into. We have finally get, getting into some Harlem Heat on this podcast. More of, you know, Sherry's with them. Some more of her being insane. And get a load of this. Part of this and slap this on your tits. We have Alex Wright versus Jean-Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H. Hilarious. If you haven't watched 1994 Triple H, I highly recommend you get on the network or sorry, get on, get on the cock, get on the get on the cock there. Peacock and check out Starcade 94 if it's up there. It actually probably isn't up there because I feel like they just pulled some fucking shows out of a hat to decide which pay-per-views to put on there. Fuck, man. I had to, like, brush off LimeWire to, to watch this show, but um, <laughs> but keep that on the DL. Keep it on the DL. So, yeah, we have that. We have Alex Wright being a, a German stripper. So much stuff. We have Dave Sullivan dressed as Santa for some reason. I know it's December, but, like, why? You know? Um, lots of fun shenanigans, as always, to delve into in terms of Starcade 94. And to join me... In these shenanigans is a podcast that brought a little shenanigans of their own. The $2 Steak Wrestling Podcast. You can find this podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, Apple, Spotify, 
uh, UJIS, all your usual suspects. I'll link all of their info in the description below. A super, super fun pod. If you like, if you like what I do, you'll like what they do as well. Just a couple of friends talking shit about wrestling, modern day and classic stuff. So, so a similar vibe, at least I think, and what I try to give you guys. But uh, some, <laughs> so here, here, here's how this all went down, right? Super cool guys, by the way, all four of them. Yeah, four of them. <laughs> and when I uh, was organizing this, they were like, "We're gonna have four people. Four of us are all four of us are gonna join, right?" So I was like, "Well, that's a lot of fucking people, but we'll make it work." So we got Aaron, Mike, Cookie, and Tolbert. So we get in the room to record, and Aaron and Mike join. So we're we're talking. We're waiting for for Cookie. Actually, it was it was only going to be three guys. I, sh- I should correct myself. It was supposed to be three other guys, so four people total, including me. So Aaron and Mike are in there, waiting for Cookie. Cookie joins in, but. This dude got his internet from fucking Kmart, I think. Or he's like in some dungeon five stories underground because this guy's internet (laughs) was not. He was like 10 seconds delayed. It was hilarious. You know, pulling back the curtain a little bit. I'm recording this intro before I actually go back and edit the podcast. So I may or may not leave that in there if it's funny enough. But if, if, if not, if it sounds a little weird in the beginning, that's why. So Cookie was super delayed, so he ended up leaving because it was just it was too ridiculous of a delay. I, w- I would like say a joke and then he would laugh 10 seconds later. It's like, OK, we can't do this. And then so all three of us are in there trying to make it work. And then Tolbert joins and I have never seen a human being. More high than Tolbert. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. I, I, look, all these guys watch the show as far as I'm aware. So. I want to thank all four of them for taking the time to watch the show, take notes, whatever it was. I would love to have them all on sometime in the future. But uh, you Tolbert couldn't you couldn't figure out his headphones or whatever. Cookie had terrible Internet. So it ended up just being me, Mike and Aaron. So it, it starts off as five people and it ends as three. So like I said, I'm, I haven't edited it yet, so we'll see how it turns out. But if it sounds weird, the first few minutes might be kind of weird, but then it, it, we, it just becomes us three. And then it's pretty much smooth sailing from there on out. So just laying the groundwork there, probably some unnecessary. (laughs) It was just funny to me. I had a fun time. It was kind of a train wreck in the beginning, but it turned out to be a really fun time. Super cool dudes. All four of them. Go check them out. The $2 Steak Podcast. And I've meandered enough. Let's get into it, baby. WCW Starcade 1994 with myself and a lot of people, but mainly Aaron and Mike from the $2 steak wrestling podcast. All right. So y- y'all just talk about Jim Duggan for an hour and I'll just sit here and watch. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we, per, we strongly prefer Vader. Um, we, oh, we're a okay. Hoss podcast. We're, we're Vader, a Hoss. That was actually, I mean, that's like, God, yeah. you're so loud. <laughs> that was probably my favorite. Yeah. You, can, you don't need the mic like right here. God damn cookie. Cookie. You need to eat the <laughs> what did I do? I knew I made a mistake inviting you guys. But yeah, thank you guys. Uh, thank you guys for making the time to come on here. Uh, so were you all able to check out the show? Yes. Yeah, I, uh, I was live tweeting the, uh, the initial Absolutely. matches before the main event. And then I didn't tweet That's anything right. else out. Right. <laughs> Did that 
really describes the show. It was a lot of matches that were kind of just there for me, um, which is weird because I guess I'll ask you guys, were you guys, you guys seem like about my age, so maybe it was before your time too, but were you watching WCW at this time live? I was. You were? Yeah. Well, how old were you at the time in 94? So I am 34, about to be 35. I would have been eight oh. years old uh, growing up in North Carolina. So that's like oh, we've got racing and we've got wrestling. So Right. <laughs> you're very youthful, by the way. I would have guessed you were in your mid-20s. Oh, thanks. Uh, <laughs> that is not the case. <laughs> Speaking about not youthful, let's talk about some WCW. Uh, <laughs> so this is a show which i didn't realize aaron was uh was macho man's debut hey he looks youthful to me (laughs) why am i so delayed i can hear the like but yeah macho man debuts at this pay-per-view which i was disappointed because i've been rewatching 94 rawls and he was like the best part his commentary because everything else was just shit, but he would be hilarious on commentary. But uh, he's here now, and that's like the whole thing because Starcade, I guess, is their biggest pay per view of the year, and the whole build to it is like, hey, Macho Man's here. Is he gonna? Is he gonna slap Hulk Hogan or is he gonna shake his hand? And they're like, it's like a thread throughout the whole night. Um, were you guys big? Ma- I mean, I'm clearly a big Macho Man fan. Were, were you? I guess Aaron, you were the one person watching at the time. Was that like a big thing? Like yeah, so maybe not Macho Man, but he was definitely a part of my peripheral. I was always a, um, I hate to admit it, I, I did like Mr. Hogan a little bit back in those days. Oh, yeah. You were the one? You were the one that liked Hulk Hogan? Yeah, I, well, of course, because he was, they, he was like thrown down our throats, you know, week after week. And then, mm-hmm. um, but honestly, I think Sting was like my big dude because I was a WCW yeah. guy originally. And that's kind of what got me into professional wrestling. And mm. uh, yeah, so it, it was a big deal to have Macho Man in there. And like, you know, Macho Man's a character. You're seeing him on Slim Jim commercials all the time at this this point in, in, the, uh, in the era of the early 90s. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, that's like the main thing pretty much on this show. The show opens up, and I don't know about you guys, but this drove me fucking insane about all the early WCW pay-per-views is how they would open up, they would have the pyro, the video packages, it'd be high energy, the crowd's all hype, and then they would just cut to the commentary who would talk for a little bit, and then they'd, they'd show some pack. It felt like it was like 15 minutes of stuff before there was like any matches. Yeah, it, it felt like a pre-show, definitely. Yeah, like early yeah, stuff that could have been. A, I think there was a pre-show, right, back then? Uh, some, of some so sort. what they would do back then is they would have stuff on TBS kind of leading up to it, and that was like kind of like a how AEW does like a buy-in where you don't have to pay yeah, for it. Right. And it was almost like a – because they had WCW Saturday night and then a Sunday night program. But, uh, yeah, so it was like a pre-show leading into a pre-show, and then – it's like we've we bought the pay-per-view already. Like you don't need to <laughs> sell us on it right. anymore. Um, but yeah, right away, man, Bobby Heenan, who is gold, man, he just, he just, I think he might've went a little too far on this first joke. They're in Nashville, right? He says, there's so many pickup trucks here. It killed him, right? <laughs> <laughs> this is a good joke. <laughs> 
No, I know you're waiting for a punchline, but nope, that was it. That was well, it because they're rednecks, I was, right? They I was that. racking my brain thinking about what racist thing he said because he did say some other things later on in the in the episode that made you kind of cringe. Oh, but. yes, he did. Yes, he did. We'll get to that. Don't worry. And I'm a pickup man myself, so you know I. Yeah, oh, of so course. You, there's that, pickups that had everywhere. With you, right? So you were probably just throwing stuff at your TV when he said that, right? Right. Understandable. Understandable. Um, oh, and then Aaron Tippin. We can't move on until we talk about some Aaron Tippin. Uh, Cookie, what's your favorite Aaron Tippin song? <laughs> <laughs> um, wait, wait, fifteen minutes. Yeah, I don't know one. I know you've heard That's a some lie. Cookie. What does he sound like though? Can you like reenact a little bit of his, his national anthem? Give me one. I don't. I don't know anyone. I don't even know if he's actually a singer or if he's just a guy they found at a barbecue. When the stars and stripes and eagles fly. Uh, I would. <laughs> don't yeah. blue ball me on this one. I oh, got man. nothing. I will uh, say that I, I I looked up Aaron Tippin later on, and like currently, this man is completely yacked. Have you seen him? I have he not. Was, he was pretty Look up Aaron Tippin now. He looks like he could work a full 60-minute Ironman match and be completely fine. I think what you're looking for is yoked. Yacked, I think, is a bad thing. Maybe I'm wrong, though. Oh, damn, he is. This guy looks like uh, like what Johnny B. Bad looks like in the show. Yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. What a fun fact. I, I think what Aaron Tippin probably got laid more than Johnny B. Bad. Probably. <laughs> I don't know, man. Johnny B. Bad did have relations with Sable. Did he? He got powerbombed by her. That's probably the most action he got. But yeah, the show opens up, so we got some commentary to open up. Then we have Aaron Tippin. Now we have a recap of WCW Saturday Night, which is, I guess, where Macho Man made his official debut. And a uh, backstage promo, basically hyping up. He's going to be at Starcade and all that. And then they cut to another segment where they're at the hotel nearby for the PWI Awards, the Pro Wrestling Illustrated Awards. I thought this was a funny add in because it's so like because they do this like throughout the show and this first one in particular particular was hilarious because it was hulk hogan getting wrestler of the year in 1994 which that i mean itself is kind of funny but it's even funnier watching him his speech because he walks up he's like not in character at all even though he like he's dressed kind of in character he literally at one point goes in 1995 what are you gonna do when Hulk Hogan runs, it's like it was so. But then later in the show, he's like all coked out. Who the who's this guy? Invited this guy. What's up, y'all? Everybody's joining the party. It's like I came down from the rafters. Oh Jesus! <laughs> all right, all right so let, should we just leave it to Aaron and to represent the podcast? Let, let's just do. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we could do that, or we could just do. Yeah, I'm fine. I, I'm fine with whatever you guys want to do. Tolbert, you look higher than Giraffe Pussy. I don't know you, <laughs> but you do. He just got off work. I bet he smoked a big fatty. All right. I'll, yeah, I'll, yeah let me just, let's boot, I'll, boot I'll just the podcast. Boot the degenerate. Hold on. I've never done this before. <laughs> Honestly, it's hard to like have five people on a podcast. I mean, I guess you guys have four at least, right? Yeah, Usually. but it's also like it's different. Like, Yeah, you guys, because you guys do it in person sometimes. Well, you know what I'm saying? Three of us will do it in person most of the time. Then Cookie zooms in, and but it, it, because it's more segmental, I think it right, it's yeah, more yeah, conducive to having that many. 
And I can like, and usually like I'm watching Cookie, and if he like gives me a cue, I'll like talk to him. Right. It makes it a little easier to kind of do everything. Otherwise, Mm. it's it's kind of sad like that. Yeah, (laughs) I guess he was doing it in a different room. So if he didn't have uh, the lag. It would have been yeah. fine because I like yeah. him on. When I, when I listened to him on your podcast. Well, he hosted the one week and he lagged out. While oh no! <laughs> Can I? <laughs> Cookie just texted me, and he said, "For the record, I was prepared. I took many notes, mainly Bobby the Brain Zingers. So he's going to send me those, and I'm going to interject those <laughs> throughout." Can you do a, a Cookie impression? No, uh, not at all. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, that's unfortunate. That, that's very disappointing. Almost as disappointing as Jim Duggan versus Vader for <laughs> this first match here. Um, Jim Duggan versus Vader. Uh, the chairman of the board. Is that a good nickname? It's the first time I've actually heard that for Jim Duggan. Yeah, I, I had never heard Jim Duggan called that. I, I, I don't think it, it got into my head like that. But then, Is it better or worse than Sean Spears being the chairman? I, I didn't mind Sean Chair Sean Spears being the chairman. Yeah. But I also like only just started watching wrestling, so I didn't know Sean Spears until he really came out and hit Cody with a chair. Oh really? So yeah. you just started watching wrestling? Yeah. Like like how long three, ago? Three years ago probably. Oh, so you don't know a lot about Jim Duggan, do you? Uh no, I'm aware of him. Um that's why I kinda like watching He has this, a stick, a big this, <laughs> this pay per view from like, you know, fresh canvas. Like let's just see what happens. No preconceived notions. Yeah, here. yeah. Because I mean, even for me, because I, I was I was born in '93, so I I clearly wasn't watching this at the time. And uh, yeah, and a lot of these guys are guys I've just like heard of, but I haven't really seen a lot of them like actually wrestle. Like even Vader, he's a guy like a huge name, obviously, but I haven't seen a lot of his matches. I feel so it's so always old. fun. <laughs> you look like I said, you have you have the fresh face. You, you you're very youthful. I, I would I would card you at a restaurant. Thank if that, you. If that says Thank anything. you very much. <laughs> these are all the like wrestlers that like I grew up on, and these are the rest the reason that I'm into wrestling. Were these guys? Yeah, yeah. That's uh. So there's one thing about this match that I couldn't like stop paying attention to, and that's always bothered me is Nick Patrick and his his count cadence. Am I the? Does that bother you guys too? I I. Nick Patrick is a wild card for me. <laughs> yeah. I love like, him or I hate him. He's also too tall to be a referee. Is that is that a thing? Maybe that's his hindrance. Maybe that's why he's so awkward when he it's counts. so much more, like, timing. Whenever you see him, his, like, wrist goes, like, all over. The, like, it's it's a whole weird thing. Um, but that was my main takeaway from this match. What about can, you guys? Can we talk about the bumps Harley Race took? Dude, that was dude, probably my favorite part. Dude went over the top rope right at the beginning. It was wild. Yeah, because yeah, so Vader comes out first, I believe, and then uh, Jim Duggan comes out, and they fight in the aisle way. Jim Duggan just shits on Vader like immediately. He just says, "Get the hell out of here!" And uh, Duggan gets in the ring, and like you said, he knocks Harley Race out. He tosses him, does like a backflip over the rope, like you said, and then. Um, but Vader gets back in and uh, he dom- this is like a very common theme throughout like a lot of these matches. The big heel kind of dominates for a while until the baby face comes. Back. It's a very old school formula. Like it's 94. I guess that was a thing back then. But uh, Vader hits 
an awesome looking like I know it's the Vader bomb, so obviously he's the best at it. But just the way you see like Jake Hager do it or other people do it, and it's just not nearly as effective for whatever reason. But uh, can we yeah. also talk about how beautiful his moonsault is, dude? It was. Cause like, cause he, the Vader bomb first, and then in the opposite corner, he was going to go for another Vader bomb, but then teased the moonsault and then hit it or he went for it, but missed. But yeah, like you said, it was like, kind of looks like if he lands on you, you're just going to explode. Yeah. You would die. I think it's, I think visually it makes sense because like you don't expect that because it's like watching a short person dunk. Like you're just not right. expecting him to do that. And then all of a sudden he just like pulls it out. Even though you know it's coming, if you've watched wrestling, like you know mm-hmm. he's about to hit it and it's still just awesome to see. Yeah. Like just I don't know how his weight is distributed. It makes him just like snap like down. I don't know how to explain it. But yeah, like you said, it doesn't look like he could do it. But man, when he does it, he does it. Vader's also notoriously a smelly man. Apparently back then he was incredibly stinky. And uh, I'm sure that Duggan was was not much more pleasant to smell. No, the this this arena probably didn't smell all that great between the just general wrestling fans and Pity City, which we'll get into real later and all that shit. Oh man, but uh, so Duggan, oh man, I don't, I get Duggan. He's probably a fun character, I guess, for the time. He's never really resonated with me, I guess. Um. But at some point, he goes for his three-point stance clothesline, the devastating, devastating finish. Um, I believe he hits it on Vader, but Harley Race breaks it up by gouging the eyes of Jim Duggan, that that dastardly Harley Race. Vader goes for a crossbody off the second rope, but Duggan counters into a power slam, which looked pretty cool. Um, he has Vader pinned, but Nick Patrick is distracted by Harley Race because why wouldn't he be? Uh, Duggan goes for a second clothesline, but gets tossed into Harley Race, who is holding his wood. <laughs> Jim Duggan's wood. That's a penis joke. That's hey everybody, we're talking about our dicks. <laughs> <This guy. laughs> but uh, Duggan like does a backflip into Vader. Vader like catches him in like a wheelbarrow, and then face plants him. Kind of a random finish, but I guess with the with the two by four, it made sense. The crowd loved it. The crowd was definitely more for Vader than Duggan at this point. At least it seemed like it. Um, but yeah, the match is just kind of there for me, but it was fun for what it was. It didn't stay too long. So I used to produce a professional wrestling television show, and I'd go around all the Carolinas, all two of them, and uh, and I would get <laughs> <laughs> I'd get matches here and there, and and just kind of compile them and air it on my local uh, CW station that I worked for. And we got to get a Jim Duggan match. He, he wrestled here in Wilmington, North Carolina, where we live at mm. a bar. And uh, this man's probably 65 years old doing the same shtick. But let me tell you how over it is with, with our my generation, who's a little bit older. But mm. like people still dig it. it. It's that character, the USA chant. Once that goes yeah. in, people are eating it alive. Right. I guess, yeah, and again, he, the the whole ho and that ZZ chant, and like I could see, I could see his value, especially just for like an opening match here. Um, but uh, so Vader wins the U.S. title, and uh, essentially feels just like a stepping stone for him to uh, to face the champion at a uh, later show. But uh, boy, 
This next segment here. So we're backstage with Mean Gene Okerlund, and we have the three faces of fear. What a faction! I've uh, I was not familiar with the, this trio until really? until this show. I knew that I know the Dungeon of Doom, which I think has all these guys, right? For the most part, and they're right. also like changed around. One Zodiac, one Shark. Right, because Butcher is Zodiac, I think, right? right? And then Avalanche, and maybe just got another big guy in there. Avalanche is the shark at that at, later on. The shark, of course. Why wouldn't he be? Does he have a fin? He does. He actually does. Is he like Shark Boy in TNA? No, not as not as terrible as that. So how how dare you, sir? First of all, um, but so we got the three faces of fear here. Um, so we have Butcher, who is Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Kevin Sullivan, and Avalanche, also known as Earthquake. So we have this this beautiful trio right here. Butcher is holding a gravestone because I guess he's going to kill Hulk Hogan. Like <laughs> I guess it's his present. Uh, I, I loved it. <laughs> it's like a it's clearly like a plastic Wasn't gravestone it upside down too. Wait, it did, it, did it say "Rest in Agony"? Yes. Yes. Phenomenal. I, I, <laughs> it's phenomenal. I'm all Lord. in. <laughs> I'm all in. I don't, I don't know if that's how I describe it. Um. An avalanche, <laughs> God, avalanche. I love. I don't know if he always, because like, like I said, he's, he's before my time too. Did he always cut promos like jumping up and down? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like so that? he used to be called Earthquake, and right, like, yeah. So it's it's all the Richter scale and all that bullshit, right? So he was also a sumo wrestler back in the day. Yeah. Like, so he John started Tenta. off as a sumo guy. He played rugby. He played college football at LSU. He is just this massive dude. I think he's six foot seven, right? And uh, <clears throat> he always bounced. And he's a, it, he's very underrated in my mind because, like, some of his Japanese stuff is really cool. Mm-hmm. But when he got back to America, it's just terrible. Like, it's not fun. Yeah, he's yeah, because his peak, at least in America, was more like in the late 80s, early 90s, right? Yeah, like with the natural disasters. Right, yes. So here he's just avalanche. He's just snow, but he's still bouncing. Um, and then Kevin Sullivan started talking in this promo, but at that point, I kind of went walked away and did something else for a while. Did he say anything interesting? Uh, no, it's Kevin Sullivan, man. He he's short. He's he's got this weird like body type. It's it's very interesting to look at. He's a at. pair, uh, but he's also five foot eight, and he's terrible. <laughs> That's the, what a what a review for Kevin Sullivan. <laughs> That, that that's what this podcast should have been. It should have been two seconds. It was short and it was terrible. So, it wasn't like, short. But here's the like Kevin Sullivan had some really cool runs in the eighties, right? He was like this cult figure and everybody was all in. And then like when he got to WCW, he was also a cult figure, but the cult it was like eighties was like hardcore kind of gritty cult. Eighties and then into the nineties it was almost like a uh, if Disney had a cult and like mm. you know, he like painted on the eyebrows and all that shit. It was stupid. But it scared me. Right. <laughs> Cause that's WWF is doing the same thing too. And I guess it's interesting just the time. They had the doinks and quang and all that shit over there too. So I guess it was just the time and maybe that's why wrestling was a down period at this point. But yep, after this, boy, we have a barn burner here. Jean-Paul Levesque mm. versus Alex Wright. Could somebody do the Alex Wright dance for me? I, I did it the other day, but I pulled a hip muscle. That sounds like a lie to me. It sounds I, like I'm just 36. Or I'm thir- How old am I? Am I 35, babe? <laughs> I'm, I'm about to be 35. 
So yeah, like it's like there we go. That's that's good. At least I can't see your hips. It's like Elvis yeah, back well, in the day. I'm sitting on the couch. I think I just yeah, I pulled the hip again. That you know, you just hit, do the other one and it'll balance you out. Oh man, but uh, yes, da, Das Wunderkind. Am I yes. pronouncing that right? Wunderkind, yeah. Oh, let's see it. Let's see it. So I, I will tell you, like as a part of of this podcast, we we go to a crappy, like what's well, not crappy? It, there's an antique <laughs> store in town, and uh, they're really cool. They have one offs. Like it's just weird stuff. They have a ton of weird shit. And uh, when the Alex Wright figure came on. Uh, Tolbert, the guy that we kicked off earlier, the stone uh-huh. guy that, that just came in that we had to kick off. Yeah, so he got me this, and it it honestly is probably my favorite figure I have. Bullshit. It has uh, realistic detailing and an awesome wrestling stance, if you guys can see, which just is his An package. awesome. I was about to say, is there actually a bulge there? Is, is there after actually a what now? Bulge. Like like dick bulge. Uh, let me Looks get back to you. I'm gonna have to examine. Open his, it up. Uh, Give the, it a little I'm not opening up the wonder. <laughs> well, we lost Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you didn't. But no, apparently, so he's like 18 at the time. Like, so they like. Yeah. Oh, that he was re- he was really 18. Yes. So they they went over to to Germany. They found this kid. The kid was like actually kind of impressive for mm-hmm. their standards. They sent him to uh, the power plant for some seasoning, right? And he ended up being, like, employed full-time to WCW mm-hmm. for 10 years. Like, it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, he was pretty much the same character throughout his entire run there, right? Well, he, he had a little bit of time, like, in the late 90s. They shaved his head and called him Berlin and, like made him into this kind of neo-Nazi character, and it was not good. That's cool. And then they made him back into the Wonder Kid, so, Kind. So, just pretend this whole thing didn't happen when yeah, I was, you know. Hey, everybody goes through their weird stages, right? I'm still in it, bro. Yeah, we all go through a Holocaust stage. It's fine. It's just growing up. It's puberty. Ever heard of it? Uh, oh, speaking of puberty, though, someone who had not hit puberty at this point, Jean-Paul Levesque, a.k.a. Triple H, just looking. I mean, he's not scrawny, but like compared to what he would become. Well, this is pre-steroids, right? I mean, obviously. It was pre-doing doing his, eating his vitamins, drinking his milk, doing curls. It was pre-that. He's natural. I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Curls needles into his arms and ass. Okay. <laughs> you're saying... He was in the blue but blue bloods, but he's more of a uh, steroids in his blood. I don't know, um, but yeah, dude. This match. So we have John Paul Levesque versus Alex Wright, two guys. Like in the context of '94, nobody knew or really cared about either of these two because, like you said, they just picked up Alex Wright from a recent tour in Japan, uh, not Japan, uh, Germany, and John Paul Levesque was still super super new. I think he would eventually uh, form a tag team with uh, Steve Regal. Uh, forming the Blue Bloods. I think that's more of what he was known for in WCW, if, if nothing else. But this match, it was like, it was so... I've never heard a crowd this quiet, I don't think. Like, it, it felt like a Japan match. Oh, you haven't? Fast forward to when uh, Brother Brutai is putting on a lot on Hulk Hogan. <laughs> hey, they were at least booing or walking out. You can hear their footsteps walking out of the <laughs> arena. Can I just say, from an impartial observer, though, like... Yeah, they were probably quiet because nobody knew who the fuck these guys yeah. were. But like, 
it was a decent match. I didn't mind. Yeah. It. No, for sure, especially compared to other matches on this card. I yeah, thought it was like, definitely it was, really solid. It was like legit wrestling. It was like, you know, abdominal stretches, like arm drags, power slams, like. And and mm-hmm. at one point they uh, Alex Wright standing outside the ring, and I literally said to myself, "Ah, oh, here goes Triple H about to do a tope," and he didn't. And I'm like, "Oh shit, yeah, it's '94. Yeah. Like that would be dumb." So I don't know. I kind of like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, but I agree. I like the dynamic of Alex Wright, who is this high flying guy who who is it's like not a dime a dozen like it is today. Like you didn't see that a lot in '94. So you had that with Alex Wright, and then he had Jean Paul Levesque, who was like the perfect heel. I mean, he was so like fundamentally sound. I mean, even compared to what he would have been in the future, still really solid in the ring, and definitely uh, worked off Alex Wright and his high energy pretty well. Uh, ultimately. Alex Wright moonsaults over uh, Triple H. We'll just call him Triple H. He moonsaults over Triple H and rolls him up for the win. A lot of finishes like that on this show, just kind of out of nowhere roll-ups. I guess that's the old school way to do it. But uh, so yeah, Alex Wright wins this match. And uh, yeah, John Paul's there for a little bit longer, right? For a little bit. Can, can we talk about Wonderkin some more? Because I, I really no, like. No, we're done. No, Alex doubt. that's the that's the allotted time for this segment. We're gonna <laughs> Alex move on. Wright being based off a of Euro Pop. Come on now, amazing. He's uh-huh. he's coming out to basically an Ace of Base song. It's the early '90s. It's the club scene. People are doing ecstasy and having fun. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. But then a few years later, it's just okay. There's his penis. <laughs> That's the dance, bro. <laughs> is it? Is it? Now you do it. I got. When I ask you to do it, you don't do it. I'm a, I'm <laughs> a grower, you. not a shower. Uh, you know what? Fair point. Uh, but speaking of growing, we got Johnny B. Bad out here to make everybody grow with his uh, mustache and blackface. And a uh, funny story with this match. So this is for the TV title. Johnny B. Johnny B. Bad is the champion was originally slotted to face Honky Tonk Man, but he got fired. I don't know if it was actually this day or if it was like a few days before this. Day of. Day of, you're right, yeah. And basically Honky didn't want to do the job for Johnny, and I guess there was some contract, <laughs> whatever. What a know. Honky. <laughs> it does not surprise me that he wouldn't want to do the job to Johnny be bad. <laughs> it's like... I'm just uh, stereotyping. Like, Honky Tonk Man, but no, that's that sounds like accurate stereotype. Nah, I don't want to do that job, man. Can you do the rest of this podcast like Honky Tonk Man, please? Oh, I think so, brother. Never mind, never mind. Don't <laughs> do it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it was basically, I guess, Honky because he had just come on. It feels weird to call somebody Honky, but Honky came in. <laughs> yeah, I guess he was because I, I listened to uh, like some podcasts on this, and uh, apparently he was working like a thousand dollar per like a per match deal, and he wanted like a bigger, like a more salary kind of related contract or something along those lines. Who knows what the actual truth is, honestly, but. They, they couldn't come to terms, so Bischoff fired him on the spot, and that was the day of, like you said. So last minute fill-in is Arn Anderson, which if you got to pick somebody to have a last minute match, no notice. I mean, Arn Anderson is pretty much, how could you get better than that? One of Mike's favorites. Mike absolutely loves Arn. I'm a huge Arn Anderson fan, yeah. Like when he came out, uh, like he debuted in AEW and came out and hit that spine buster, like I, I, stood, on, I stood up, I was so excited. I love Arn Anderson. He's like, 
I, I even tweeted out while I was live tweeting about Starcade. I was just like, he's a professional, man. He does. He's got the look. He's got the moves. He's got the attitude. And you know what? He's not afraid to do the job, man. Like he's just, he's a professional. Is this all based off of him being Cody Rhodes' manager? No, yeah. no, no. I, we, I, we have watched no, a we, fair we... amount of Arn Anderson matches <laughs> on <our laughs> okay. podcast. Because I'm thinking you said you just started watching wrestling. No, no, no. I, like, no. Okay. So I just he, started. But, he has but that's, that nice sweater vest. But the nice thing is like for the most part, Aaron can cher- then cherry pick what matches I watch. And so I can mm. like, he gives me some shit for a while and I, I berate him and then he gives me some good stuff and the good stuff always involves Arn Anderson. So <laughs> yeah. like, no, Arn Anderson is fucking great. He's amazing. Is uh, cause he was always kind of in the shadow. He was always in the shadow of Ric Flair, but he, I mean, his Arn, his, his promos were good. His, his r- matches were good. Like he had to look, Super, super underrated guy. Um, and uh, he, he's like, uh, you know, Keanu Reeves, like he doesn't age. Exactly. Yeah, he looks. Yeah, <laughs> I, saw, I saw like the side by side the other day. You he guys just might gets be wider. Yeah, <laughs> it's a little wider. <laughs> but yeah, this match is fun. Well, first of all, before we get into the match, this is what my favorite Bobby Heenan line. He's talking about Nashville. He says, I wish they would have bombed here instead of Hiroshima. <laughs> What the like, fuck? What? Like, dude, it's '94. Like, you're gonna, you're looking for like a. a I, just, I just don't even know. Like, that joke probably played in the '60s. <laughs> I don't even did know it? if it did then. <laughs> a lot of people died. A couple million, man. Ah, uh, you know. I, I guarantee that joke. Pl- I guarantee that joke played well when when Bobby was working. <laughs> That's, that's good stuff. That that's that's his <laughs> yes. four seam fastball. This is back pocket. Like a Hiroshima joke. Yeah. <laughs> hey man, I'm, hey. I'm not even joking. I swear to God, I think he used that line. He has used that line before in WWF when he was working with Gorilla Monsoon. I swear that I think that I've heard that line before. I, I just want to point out that us at two dollar steak are totally against um, bombing Asian countries, violence, and bombing other countries. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Well, I'm 27% Asian, so it's all fine. You guys got the pass. Uh, nobody can cancel you for making Hiroshima jokes. We also uh, have an African-American on our podcast, so we're all we're a very inclusive podcast. Does this count? Because we kicked him out. <laughs> I think that actually goes against what point you're trying to make here. Is we, He came, and then he, we thought he wasn't good enough, so we got rid of him. <laughs> You segregated one of our best like performers. Is he? Is, okay. I think I think it's Wi-Fi segregated. <laughs> Man, I have just like so many jokes in my head, but I'm not even gonna. Um, it's a family. Party. But yeah, Hiroshima. It's yeah, pizza, family friendly. Uh, so bombing Hiroshima. Back to it. Um, <laughs> no, but that was uh, my. I mean, the, the match itself. It was very clear that they were like kind of calling it in the ring, especially with Arn Anderson. Very old school, simple match. I mean, they didn't have any time to build it up, obviously. So what else really could they do? Uh, and once again, we have a roll up finish with Johnny B. Bad rolling up Arn Anderson, retaining the TV title. Uh, yeah. Did you guys enjoy this match? Uh, I mean, I completely blame Randy Anderson and his incompetence for Arn's loss on this. Do you? <laughs> Yeah. Poor Pee Wee. He, he was in the way and he distracted Arn and, and he allowed Johnny to mm. get up underneath him. And, you know, once you get up underneath a guy, it's all about leverage at that point. Arn shouldn't have lost this match. That's a good point, actually. Maybe we can, uh, maybe we could run it back. 
<laughs> get it <laughs> scrapped from the record books. Like we should have done for the beginning of this episode. Of the <laughs> podcast. So that whole first part was a big Randy Anderson in the beginning. God damn it, fucking Randy, Randy Anderson. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Randy, Randy Anderson. That's the title I, of this episode. I will say, Mark Marrow, this point in time in his career looks better than any other time ever Dude. in his career. Like he looks there's cartoonish. A funny story about Vince McMahon watching like a WCW tape and being like, who's that guy? I got to have him. They hire him and then they view him as Mark Marrow. And then they realize that it was all who he was working with mm. that made him look good. <laughs> and it was no abilities whatsoever. I mean, he had, you know, he was, you know, he could run around there, do a couple roles. I guess he probably supports yeah, your ex- point. The, more than anything. the streamer sticks, which are badass. That, hey, it's all in the entrance, man. If he, he comes out, he has fireworks coming from his asshole, like the streamers and glitter everywhere. And we well, had that hip thrust cannon, too, didn't he? Standing on the ring post. Same. Young Aaron loved Johnny B. Bad. Did you? <laughs> Absolutely. Do you, have, do you have a figure of him, too? Is it right next to your house? That was right? one of the other options. We went for Wonderkin. Oh, I thought you were about to get up and go grab it. And I was about to boot you from this podcast. No, we got Liger, RVD, and Terry Funk. That's the only other ones I got. What a crew! What a crew! Let me ask you: Do you have uh, Do you have the Nasty Boys? No. Well, I'll tell you what did is the PWI in 90, 90, 1994 Tag Team of the Year. You guys, big Nasty Boys fans? We appreciate the Nasty Boys. <laughs> <laughs> you appreciate them. You accept that they exist. No, actually, is that. Yeah, I guess that's the next match, right? Because I bring that up because they, they had another segment from the, the PWI ceremony. Nasty Boys Tag Team of the Year. And I saw that and I was like, the fuck? Because, again, before my time, so all I know of the Nasty Boys is seeing them on Hogan Knows Best. <laughs> Not a lot has changed. So yeah. I can say the Nasty Boys, so as a kid who grew up in the 90s and didn't have a, a clue about wrestling, it was like yeah. Hulk Hogan, Randy Savage, and the Nasty Boys are like who I knew from the early 90s. Right. You're also like, from the Midwest, and those guys are like totally Midwest dudes. They scream to me Philly trash. Like when I think Philly, mm. I oh, think I can see that. the Nasty Boys, like that's the picture of somebody <laughs> in Philly yelling at the parking attendant for giving them a ticket because they didn't pay the meter. Like that's what I see. Hmm. And that person happens to be Brian Knobs. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, I could see these guys at a Wawa for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And they're, pro- they're probably whiz guys, honestly. Whiz? On their cheesesteak. Is that a oh. thing? I'm a provolone guy. Are you, are you, you're from New York, right? No, I'm from the Midwest. I'm from Youngstown, Ohio, also a gutter trash area. So oh, I know okay. it when I see Man, it. You guys are all like all over the place. I did go to Philly once, and I did get cheese whiz on my cheesesteak. And let me tell you, it was pretty okay. Like, it's not as crazy as people. <laughs> I, I kind of like it. It's I'm fine. Like, it's hey. like, okay. But but Philly smells, and so do the nasty boys. <laughs> that's it. Uh, but, uh, yeah, they probably that, that's probably going to get a lot of heat with a lot of people. But speaking of heat, got the Harlem heat versus the nasty boys. Great segues. And uh, so this, I guess, I don't know much about this build. It seems like, you know, guys from Harlem versus Rednecks seems like the extent of it. Um, 
I, I couldn't really tell who was the face, who was the heel in this. It, it seemed like the nasty boys were positioned more as the baby faces. Yes. Maybe it's because they're in Nashville and everybody. I was gonna say they're in them. Nashville, man. And they don't like the Harlem Heat, do they? No. Probably because of their wrestling ability. Exactly. Yeah. Um, love love the theme song though for the nasty boys. That's probably uh probably my favorite part of the show, honestly. Was listening they're to the them nasty boys. They've got a bad reputation. Nah, Steve boys um but again another match that started off uh i can't remember if it actually started in the aisle way or if it just started like they broke out to the outside but really really high energy in the beginning really fast pay like it was really fun in the beginning then it kind of just like sunk into headlocks and abdominal stretches or whatever the fuck yeah this was the longest match on the card like no shit really yeah it, it should have been four minutes it was, 17. it was 17, 17 minutes. Good God. It was like, I guess I tuned out because I didn't, I don't know. But uh, so it's just a lot of nothing for like, like 13, 14 minutes of it. Uh, but at, towards the end, Sherry gets on the apron and she pulls out of her purse. Uh, what I can only assume is hairspray. Um, tries to spray sags, but he, I don't know, or maybe it's a knob. I, I get them confused. Let's, let's say knobs. She tries to spray knobs with the spray, but knobs ducks, and she accidentally sprays Booker right in the face. Of, oh, oh man, comedy of errors. Um, Sags hits an elbow drop from the top rope onto Booker, but then he goes to pin him, gets involved once again. She jumps from the top rope, trying to break up the pin, trying to splash onto Sags, but misses and lands on Booker, I believe it was. Um, at that point, the ref just throws it out. Yeah, so I guess it was a no contest, or somebody got disqualified. I can't, can't didn't really understand yeah. what was going 17 on. Seventeen minutes, and then a no contest. It was a disqualification. Yeah, that's good, right? That's how you get a crowd pumped. Hey, at least Sherry hit that in heels. She went up to the third rope, like third rope, and hit it with heels. Sherry is a champ. She's I mean. Amazing. I definitely have a secret boner for Sherry. It's not a secret anymore. Now it's out there in the ether. <laughs> now all three Don't listen, listen Jasmine. <laughs> I am not attracted to Sherry. Only you. <laughs> so, I'll never, so the last pay-per-view that I reviewed for WCW was Halloween Havoc. And I don't know if you guys have seen that show. But in the main event, Sherry just jumps from the top of a steel cage and lands on her fucking feet. <laughs> Just a double axe handle from 15 feet in the air. And Yo, just... send me that match. That's going to be one of our matches this year. Dude, it's on Peacock or whatever the hell. It's Halloween Havoc 94. That's that's a good that one. Up. Oh, it's not a good one, but watch it for that. But then after the match, so as we mentioned, it's a bunch of nonsense until no, no contest, disqualification, whatever it was. But then we get Pity City. Mm. Is that a, I guess it was a thing they did. Yeah, they, they definitely did this a lot. Mm, that's cool. Um, the Nasty Boys, one of them, who cares which one it was, points to his distal with his armpit, and uh, the other one puts Sherry's face into it. It's a very '90s thing. I, I feel, I feel like that, like, like boogers, farts, and armpits were like '90s all day. <laughs> oh, I, I, yeah, sure. I, I still do all that stuff. You know what I thought about the other day? I can't remember the last time I saw somebody do like an armpit fart. Do people do that anymore? Uh, wait till you have kids. No, they don't. Wait till you have kids. Uh, no, oh. I've, I've done it with Elliot. He thinks it's funny. 
Yeah, it is funny, to be fair, though. Um, <laughs> I was but, never able to get it right. I always did the, uh, the, the leg one. I just kicked my table. <laughs> you're right over there. I think so. You're, Dan- you're Alex Wright dancing. You're kicking shit all over the place. That's what happens when you come I, I on gotta, the show. I got to you know, take it in because we had to get rid of two of our, our, our comedy relief. I had to kind of you know, amp it right. up a little bit. <laughs> well, I'll just like put them in it, like throughout the podcast. I'll just get little sound bites and just kind of like toss it in. I have Tolbert's face just in the background, but in a backstage. So another PWI ceremony segment sting apparently is the most popular of 1994, but then it cuts from that transitions from that to the arena where sting is backstage with mean Gene Okerlund. It's just a big coked up promo from Sting, just yelling. A lot of yelling promos on this show, I noticed. But I guess that's the 90s, huh? Mm-hmm. Beats his chest. He says some stuff, he beats his chest, and then he walks away. Those are my notes. Um, but then, boy, howdy. This next match, Kevin Sullivan versus Mr. T. Banger. This is something. It was something. If this was in the Tokyo Dome, I would have given it six stars yeah that's that's valid that's actually a very good point when you when you look at it that way can uh can someone explain to me what mr t is wearing here he was so sleepy (laughs) it's pajamas right because he's wearing pajamas somebody just woke him up mr t comes out he's wearing the pjs still still coming out and then he he walks down to the ring and then might I add, as, as a video producer myself, I work in an, an industry where I, I use cameras a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, can we talk about how a, a cameraman got taken out and then for oh 10 God. fucking minutes he was laying on the ground pinned down? It became some like, <laughs> wrestling porn scenario where they're just like fucking on top of him. It was wild. I think that's what stuck porn is. Yeah, was he was say, stuck. It's a step cameraman. Yeah. <laughs> He's yeah. poor guy. <laughs> He's just laying there. Hey, what happens? You're just, and they're wrestling on top of him. They didn't even, like, attempt to move. <laughs> no, sometimes you just get stuck Man. in places. Like, hey, I'm stuck, in, I'm stuck in this washing machine, and then there's a dick in my ass. That's, that's the progression. Cameraman should have kicked out. That's all I got to say. That's a good point. Uh, didn't they, they made reference to that, that, that the, the cameraman, I think they said, now Mr. T is trying to pin the cameraman. What else are you gonna do when this you get that Blair Witch shot? Like I don't know. <laughs> but that was really, I mean, it's like it's Mr. T in a wrestling match. I know he did like WrestleMania and shit, but like I will say though, his punches looked pretty good. The body shots that he was throwing looked pretty. I don't know if he's like a boxer, like in his. He's the toughest man from Chicago. Is he? That's what they build him as. That's pretty cool. Yeah, because even at this point, he was like seven years past being relevant. But uh, yeah, I was trying to think like what what kind of tie ins he was doing in 1994. And I don't I don't I really don't think that he was like doing much acting at the time. He was friends with Hulk Hogan. I could see the extent of it. That's pretty much the theme of the show, actually. It's friends with Hulk. But as Hulk Hogan and friends, 1994 is what they should have called this event. Kind of the theme of WCW, isn't it? You know. It kind of was. Uh, so yeah, Kevin Kevin Sullivan versus Mr. T, which just saying this match makes me laugh. Um, at some point, Dave's, this, this match didn't last too long. At least it didn't seem like it to me, which is the one saving grace. 
But uh, towards the end, Dave Sullivan comes out dressed as Santa because it's December. Santa. So Dave Sullivan, obviously the brother of Kevin Sullivan, who the two Sullivans are feuding at this point. They're at odds. And then uh, so Dave walks out dressed as Santa and then some, his hat just falls off. Like there's no big reveal that, oh, my God, it's Dave. So no, he just walks out and his hat falls off. Um, and then Kevin or uh, Dave hits Kevin with a bag because, you know, he has the Santa that's a sack, sack of shit. Hits Kevin with a mysterious bag of some items and that knocks Kevin Sullivan out and Mr. T wins the match. And after the match. Kevin gives Dave Sullivan a pile driver as Dave Sullivan's pants are halfway down <laughs> his legs. And then Kevin Sullivan whips him <laughs> with his own Santa belt. It, it, that probably scarred me as a child. Like physically? Did you get uh, whipped no, with well, a Santa no, belt? No, I mean, like I was obviously beaten a lot as a child, but, uh, well, you know, seeing Santa just get destroyed like that was was it was something. You know, I don't think it was actually Santa. Are you telling me that, that it was Dave Sullivan? No, well, no, no. The, the continuity of the whole thing. I mean, the pay per view was on December twenty seventh, so obviously Santa's <laughs> back at the North Pole. So I well, knew, no, he stays I knew in town. No, I knew immediately it wasn't Santa. That's man, you're just poking holes in all of these plots, right? Yeah, I mean, like as soon as I saw him in the crowd in the first shot of the open, I was like, that's not Santa. Yo, he lived that gimmick, though. He was Santa up until that time. Was he? he? Like, for an hour and 30 minutes, he was having to sit in that hot-ass costume. Yeah. That's wild. I do. I do remember. Now that you mentioned that, I do remember seeing him in the crowd, but they didn't. It's like, hey, Santa! Tony Schiavone's all excited. Sweaty Santa. I just thought it was some drunk dude dressed as Santa. It was. He probably was. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> oh God! But speaking of sweaty, we got a Hulk Hogan promo next. More yelling, more veins, uh, more coke. Uh, again, it's just like I think I mentioned this earlier, but his the promo they showed at his PWI induction not induction the ceremony he's like oh well let me tell you something brother i'm gonna run wild on you and then he's here like he walks up all casually he seems normal and he just fucking gets into hulk hogan and it's just like come on man and it's the 90s i guess i mean aaron did you let you love you probably love this shit right you're a big hulkamaniac it seems uh not now no 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 no, no. <laughs> let it be known he this guy loves everything hulk hogan no, no, does no, no, no. Everything he does. Uh, so as a child, yeah, I probably got into it. I was watching, uh, you know, Trouble and Par- Thunder and Paradise, and I was, mm-hmm. I was eating the the vitamins and all that shit, and bought the pasta pasta mania or whatever. <laughs> That's a new one. Whatever Hulk one. Hogan did, I loved. And in, in fact, we uh, during Christmas time this year, we we watched Santa with muscles. We we are all about terrible '90s Hulk mm. Hogan. I support that. Not racist, uh, Bubba the Love Sponge, porn-making Hogan. There, there's, it's two mm. separate entities. I mean, you know. But he does a good leg drop, though, and he is the muscles. Does he? He has a leg drop. He does. I mean, it, it put away Andre the Giant, for God's sake. He did. Are you going to... This is just facts. Okay. Uh, but after this Hogan promo... 
we have Sting versus Avalanche. Mm. So Sting. So again, this match was just kind of there for me. It was another situation where, you know, it starts off hot, but then the bigger Avalanche just kind of takes over at some point and uses his pure girth and beef to kind of just dominate Sting for a little bit. But at some point, the ref is in the corner. He's behind Avalanche. Sting does the stinger splash in the corner and just squashes the ref in like underneath Avalanche. So the ref is down because you can't have a WCW match without a ref bump. So, but Kevin Sullivan comes out after this since the ref is down. Who should be going through concussion protocol at this point? Oh man, it's a wonder. It's a wonder where he is now. But so Kevin and Avalanche double team staying for a little bit. Uh, Avalanche, and then at some point the ref just another ref comes out and throws this, this match out. I, I think Sting ends up winning by disqualification, but it's like why bother with the ref bump if you're just gonna have a disqualify? I don't know, man. But Aval- yeah, Avalanche hits his earthquake drop. You know they beat up on Sting for a little bit, but Hulk Hogan, the the real American, comes out to make the save. He comes out with a chair. He yeah, blows his there. entire entrance right there. Like yes, why? Because his his match is literally next. So it's like, why even like just stay out there? You might as well. Yeah, there's no point in going back out and then coming back in. Yeah, yeah Hogan sucks. But yeah, anything else on on this match? No. Uh, well, actually, that's good. The, uh, <laughs> so Avalanche, tall dude, right? I think a Scorpion Deathlock on a tall guy looks really vicious because you just get them all flexed back there. I, don't know, I liked it. That's about mm. the highlight of this match. For is me. he tall? Avalanche, he doesn't strike look, me as a tall guy. How tall is tall, he? Right, six seven. Is he? Is that a shoot height or is that shoot build height? Hmm. He's a big Maybe boy. He's... He wrestled like super a lot of barrel, heavyweight. A lot of legs. A lot of, lot of barrel belly. Right. <laughs> he's all belly. He's all torso. Uh But once again, we're back to more pro wrestling illustrated awards. Uh, Jimmy Hart apparently wins Manager of the Year in 1994. That's right, and baby. That is right. And fucking Bobby Heenan hits him with a zinger. Says that, man, Jimmy Hart winning manager of the year is like a Forrest Gump won highest intelligence of the year. Mm. It's like, yeah, fucking Down syndrome people. Did he have Down syndrome? Forrest Gump? No, that, I think he was the... just on the spectrum. No, no. no oh, he was okay. just on the Maybe spectrum. Maybe I'm thinking no, something else. <laughs> he, he was probably rocking like a 90 IQ. That's all. That's kind of the same, right? Nah, a little it's bit. A bit Which, I mean, like, is Down syndrome is a chromosomal issue. Five less than Tolbert. Mm, okay. <laughs> so that's the issue here. Oh, uh, God. But speaking of missing some chromosomes, we have a package <laughs> hyping up <laughs> Brutus the Barber the Butcher Beefcake. Brother Brutai. Brother, Br- Brother Brutai. Whatever you want to call him. Him versus Hogan. In the main event, so we have a little package here, hyping it up. So the backstory here is basically, so Brutus came in as a friend of Hogan, naturally. But at Clash of Champions a few months before this, Hogan was attacked by a mysterious masked man with a pipe. So he attacked him at the knees. So he injured Hogan's knees. Masked man. And at, I believe it was Halloween Havoc, 
it was revealed that the masked man was, oh my God, his brother Brudai. Mm. Nobody cares. So that's why we have this main event of the biggest show of the year with Brutus the Barber Beefcake. Hyped. So we got WCW title on the line. Like I said, Hogan versus the Butcher, what they're calling him, not Abdullah. And uh, they cracked me up in the beginning here. So first of all, I, I can't stand Michael Buffer. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Some about he just the way he like just it's like useless facts when he's introducing people. It's a very odd like position to hold. I feel like that's I mean, he's like a state that, that that's the hill I'll die on is fuck Michael Buffer. <laughs> I mean, I feel that same His way. Brother's about, like, not much better. Yeah, I don't know. That, I guess that makes sense. Um, but he introduces Hogan and Hogan's music just starts playing again. <laughs> like what? And the pyro goes off just from him being introduced, man. But I guess it's Hulk Hogan and WCW needs him. So do whatever makes him happy. Uh, but this match, yeah, again, just another match. It felt very eighties, just very, I mean, it's the Hogan formula. He gets beat up for a while. He hulks up and then he hits the leg drop one, two, three, crowd isn't into this at all even during the hulk up that that's their trump card but nobody gives a single fuck about hogan or beefcake here um but then uh the, the, the towards the end the other two faces of fear avalanche and kevin sullivan come out because we've seen all these guys like fucking 12 12 times on this show already but they come out to help the butcher hogan just goes ahead and hits the leg drop anyways and wins I guess they were too slow, but the real money here is what's after the match. So the three faces of fear are standing there, just standing there awkwardly, getting ready to attack Hogan. Hogan's irate in them, and they don't really know what to do because Jimmy Hart gives Hogan a chair at some point, but he took his sweet old time doing it. So that's a thing. But then Macho Man comes out. And the whole thing is, is he on the side of Hogan or is he the enemy of Hogan? And at first they paint it like Macho's going to join. He's going to be the fourth face of fear. But it's all it's all a ruse. He's in cahoots with Hogan. So Macho Man and Hulk Hogan fight off the three faces of fear. Hogan hits some of the most ridiculous, ridiculous chair shots I've ever seen, like in a bad way, literally like to knock them all out and then uh the mega powers pose to end the show because apparently it's 1989 it Thoughts? took way too long yes you said uh you said it took the faces of fear too long to come out they were too slow did you guys catch avalanche jogging down to the ring <laughs> it I was no, but i felt it that that's it, why i was right like, at it, home Visually, it was as unappealing as seeing Braun Strowman do that run around the ring that he does. But Avalanche was slower. Like it, <laughs> I, he was—he was like literally walking down the ring, but like moving his arm. It's kind of what I used to do in two days when the coaches would be yelling at mm. you to like run, and you're like, "Oh no, I am. I'm jogging," and you're just like moving your arms like you're doing it. Yeah, you're no, just, no, I'm <laughs> running. You're, you're mall walking like a 65 year old lady with a bad right. hip. <laughs> You got, you got ankle weights in your yeah. heel toe, heel toe. <laughs> two, two and a half dumbbells just yeah, going, the, going at the it. The whole thing, like, and I don't know if it's because I came in watching wrestling knowing that Hulk Hogan is just a racist, misogynistic piece of shit, but 
everything mm. I watch of his is just so sterile and like I'm just I just do not care. And like besides mm-hmm. WrestleMania three, that was the Andre one, right? Like that one kind of got hyped about. But mm-hmm. everything else I see of Hogan's, I I literally just could not care less. It's not wrestling. It's just it's it's just like moves. it's just like this dude. Like you know, it's it's like eating the same shit every day. Like you like it initially, but like two weeks, three weeks, four years, six mm-hmm. years in, you're like this is the same shit. I just don't. It's terrible. Yeah. No, it's definitely because even like in his later WWF run, initially people were getting sick of him and they were already like not. I mean, I'm not going to act like they didn't pop for Hogan, but like they definitely would become fatigued pretty quickly. And that's kind of what led to his heel turn, I guess, right in a few years from now. But uh, yeah, like you said, Hogan, I mean, like I said, he has the formula. And although have you seen Mike, have you seen the uh, his match with The Rock? Yeah, I was about to say like the one offs like that makes yeah. more sense like because mm-hmm. it's it's a thing you would never have expected to watch or see but to watch him try to like build this storyline with this like masked dude you're just like i just don't care but and i granted they're not they weren't booking this for a guy who's watching it 30 years later i get that right <laughs> can, can we talk about the fact that brother brutai when he was a part of the hulkamaniacs uh, as a part of the build were two two fucking fanny packs like two like he looked like leon kennedy and like resident <laughs> evil like he had like all these like packs it was amazing he has a lot of cargo that's where he keeps all of his scissors and his other and stuff. hulk hogan's drugs there it is there's no he's 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 zapped of it now this is his post steroid trial mm. well, he's hogan. on a different kind of steroids his is now more for pain and inflammation oh i see i see <laughs> Now, Mike has uh, a medical degree. He can tell us all about this. I was stuff. about to say, he seemed very confident. I didn't even want to argue because he, he, this guy knows his shit. Uh, <laughs> speaking from experience. But, uh, so yeah, that match happens. Hogan retains the title over Beefcake, who's in the main event for whatever reason. But then uh, the post after this, I almost didn't even watch it because I almost turned it off after the match. But it might have been my favorite segment of the whole show. Hogan is backstage. He's back there with uh, Mean Gene. Macho Man's back there. A lot of the roster, like Johnny B. B- Johnny B. Bad's back there for whatever reason. Um, you know, they're just hyping up. You know, him winning the title or retaining the title. Macho Man's there now. But then who interrupts? Vader time. Vader barges in and basically just bucks up to Hogan claims that Hogan's scared of him. Just a really good promo from from Vader here, I thought. At least like in the context of mid-90s, like what it was. Cookie actually wrote... Um, Cookie sent me some notes since we kicked him off early. Oh, um, good. He wrote, Vader gave a fire promo at the end of the pay-per-view. It was sick. I wanted Vader to knock Hogan the fuck out. <laughs> Hogan was hiding like a little bitch behind Mean Gene. <laughs> Thank you, Cookie. Man, I wanted to hate that, but that was fucking hilarious. Um. <laughs> it's a fact. Vader's promo was literally fire. Like I was, yeah. I was kind of like you. I was gonna just turn it off. And you see Vader like storm in there, and right. I'm like, all right, what's this guy got to say? And yeah, he seems like he means business. <laughs> it seems like he was dead serious with what he was saying. Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> no, no jokes to be had by Vader. Yeah, yeah, no. or deodorant. 
<laughs> so uh yeah building to that obviously hogan versus vader sounds like a pretty badass match but i'm, I'm sure it's gonna be the same thing spoiler alert it was not good it's not well no. does he at least hulk up in that match uh, he does i think that also it kind of killed vader's career a little bit like in america mm. and uh he was you know forced to do a lot more in japan which i i appreciate and then, you know, of course, his terrible run in WWF. I was about to say, I thought it was Shawn Michaels that ruined his American run. Well, that was a little bit of both. Uh, he, he was getting it from a lot of angles, I guess. Takes a lot to knock down Vader, I suppose. But uh, but yeah, that brings the show to a close. Um, Starcade 94, man. It was, uh, it was a show that happened. It was interesting. Again, watching this from a blank slate, I was, I mean, I, I love Harlem Heat. I love Arn Anderson. Yeah. The, the whole Wunder Kid and Triple H kind of thing was interesting. Vader's a, mm-hmm. a good guy. Um, Sting, you know, Tolbert loves Sting. Like, Tolbert would do anything for Sting. Um, I'm, I'm okay <laughs> any, on Sting. Anything. Any, any, anything. Um, I'm okay on Sting. Anything. And then I hate Hulk Hogan. Like, so for me, up until that Hulk Hogan match, I was kind of like into it, watching it. I didn't. I've turned off shit. Like I'll, I'll randomly pull up some stuff on the network just to watch it, and I'm like, oh, this is terrible, and I'll turn it off. So like, I, I didn't mind watching it. It was, it was okay. It was a pay per view. Yeah, it was. That, that, that is a fact. No, actually, yeah, there were like bursts of stuff like that I liked. Like you said, a little bit of Alex Wright. I'm not too familiar with Alex Wright, so it was cool to see him. Um, it's cool to see early Triple H. Cool to see Vader, Johnny B. Bad, and his pyro, and Booker T. Like I love Booker T. Even though that match lasted way too long, but uh, yeah, there was like I said, a few good things in this show. But it's weird that it's like the culminating pay per view of the entire year resulted in this, which is. But it was it was a relatively easy watch, I think. So we always end our show with a a haiku. So mm. we, we write haikus for different things. Um, it's actually Tolbert usually does this. And, and it's a uh, haiku. He gets, he gets high. And then he uh, it's a haiku. Right, H-I-G-H-K-U. It's, it's our gimmick. Yeah, no, nobody, it's nobody gimmick infringement over here. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I wanted to sum up the Starcade 94 experience with a haiku, if, if I can. Go for it. Um, Hogan over... No, wait, wait, wait. God damn it. I fucked it up. Hogan this, this and Brutai. Starcade 1990. <laughs> Starcade <laughs> 94 was bad. Johnny B. Bad fucks. That, not only was that not a haiku, I don't even think that those were sentences. No, no, no. It was totally a haiku. Uh, he, he, he fit, fit one in there randomly. <laughs> We kicked the expert of the haiku off the, off the podcast. That, 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 that's our fault, actually. Yeah, and on it really is. It, it's that's also it's probably Gorilla fault. Glue, uh, you know, brand weed's fault. Oh, I thought you could say Gorilla Glue. No, no, like, is that no, what he does? He the, that's the what thing. I used to do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah that's, that's all I got, guys. You got you guys got anything else? No, thank you. Uh, thank you for having us on. Yeah. We apologize profusely hey, no for the two delinquents that we had to kick off. <laughs> can, no, can, I, was... can I give us a shout out? Follow us at number two dollar yes. steak underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Give us a listen. We're kind of in our like 
Jeff Hardy TNA stage right now where it's just like not very good. <laughs> like it was really good. We were doing really good. It was awesome. And now yeah. we're like kind of in the shits. We're gonna we're gonna climb back out of this. We're gonna get clean and I think we're gonna, you right. know, head towards one hundred and fifty doing a little bit better. Can I also this past week, in honor of our one hundredth episode, if you go on our Facebook page, it's it's two dollars steak. And I don't know why I, I did this because of RO like you know, like looking this up, it's really hard. So we actually did the number two with the dollar sign in front of it stake. If you want to find us on uh, Facebook and mm-hmm. uh, we blew up my deck. We, we had our own exploding barbed wire deck match this past week. Um, I went out and bought some barbed wire and some fireworks from Myrtle Beach. Set them ablaze. Uh, I think it was better than AEW's Revolution. Um, I was about to say, did it actually explode? Yeah. So we actually we we actually caught Tolbert's hair on fire. So oh. it, it was interesting. We we had a uh, consultant who was a uh, fireman sitting there drinking beer and making sure that I didn't catch my house on fire because of mortgage payment and all that shit. But it ended up being okay. If you'd like to see that, go on our Facebook page. Otherwise, follow us on Twitter and all that shit. Instagram. Tolbert runs Instagram. Mike mm-hmm. runs Twitter. I kind of run the Facebook. It, it's just kind of like a hodgepodge of shit. I think Cookie's going to so try again, to get us a TikTok, whatever that bullshit is. At number two, dollar steak <laughs> underscore on Twitter and Instagram. Some weeks we have some fire content. Other weeks, it's a fucking dud. <laughs> I'll put all that info in the, the description as well to make it easy so, so everybody can kind of f- fiddle through all that. But yeah, I mean, no, we are no, not we're... a cohesive podcast at all. As you, <laughs> as you found out, no, how we I made w- it, yeah, how we made it to 100 episodes. I have no fucking idea. I wouldn't have invited you guys on had you not guys not had a good because I used to not vet my podcast that I brought on. I used to be like, oh, you're wrestling, come on in. But I, I listen to people now before, so really entertaining podcasts you guys do. Um, and by the way, the TNA phase of Jeff Hardy is the best description of a podcast I've ever heard. That would make me want to watch anything that you're in the t- <laughs> mid 2000s, Jeff Hardy <laughs> running cars off the road and shit. Like that's what I want in my ears. Um, give us a listen. <laughs> I guess if you, if you hate yourself, give them a listen. <laughs> no, but yeah, for real guys, thank you guys for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you. I pr- appreciate you having us, man. Once again, thank you to Mike and Aaron from the $2 Steak Podcast for joining me on this lovely, lovely episode of WCW Starcade 1994. Super fun time with those guys. And thank you to Cookie and Tolbert as well. Unfortunate that we couldn't get you guys involved in the show more so. But thank you for watching the show. Thank you for sitting through fucking Jim Duggan and... The, the nasty boys for me. Unfortunate we couldn't make it work, but I'd love to get all those guys on in the future for sure. Like I said, all their info in the description. Go check them out. $2 Steak Podcast. And uh, yeah, apronbump.com for all my episodes. If you are not already aware, I have uh, worked to kind of segment all of my episodes into a series. So if you just want WWF, you got that. If you just want attitude era if you just want tna if you want modern alternatives all of that is super easy to find on apronbump.com go check it out if you haven't already 
go check out my YouTube as well. Um, this, it would be <laughs> a weird edit situation. So I don't know if I will have a YouTube version or at least a, it will be on YouTube, but maybe not a video version, but, uh, we'll see. We'll see what tickles my pickle, but, uh, go check out my, uh, progress chapter 11 episode that has a video version as well as TNA lockdown survivor series 94. I'm going to start incorporating video more often. So go subscribe to my YouTube channel if you haven't already. And uh, we'll also, I know I've been talking about it for a long time, but I've made the upgrades to my setup that I've been planning. It's been, it's taken a while, but I believe I am now ready to uh, start doing some live content for you guys. I'm thinking about doing maybe like a WrestleMania predictions slash pre-show kind of deal. So keep an eye out for that and subscribe to my YouTube to uh, make sure you are properly notified. But uh, yeah, that's all daddy has for you today. Uh, I'm going to go take a shower after talking about Jim Duggan and fucking uh, Honky Tonk Man and Johnny Be Bad and all that shit. All this lovely, lovely 1994 WCW shit. But we're out and we're into 95 where there is just more shit, <laughs> but a different year. <laughs> Can't wait. Really can't wait, honestly, though. But uh, thank you guys once again for listening. I am hard.